This is a special edition upload of the Game Sports Show broadcasted through thegamesportshow.com, Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, the Podbean platform including Facebook and Instagram. This bonus content is brought to you by Compass Imaging Group and Demansky Office Interiors. We are thankful that you are tuned into the game with these special edition uploads being broadcasted or recorded outside of the show's usual schedule, but we will caution the listeners that viewer discretion is advised in terms of potential language that may be offensive, otherwise we warn you to be prepared for some electric content that the Game Sports Show always provides. Now, let's send it over to David McKegg Jr. and the crew in the Game Sports Show studio. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show you're listening to to the show through thegamesportshow.com or through our potential broadcasting partners, ESPN 1400 or on TV, or you may have been directed to one of our social media or media platforms, Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Facebook, and or Instagram, all at the Game Sports Show. Or you may have been directed to one of our lovely sponsors, Northern Superior Brewing Company, Sports Center Bar and Grill, Compass Imaging Group, Demansky Office Interiors, Northern Critters in Need, North Shore Sports and Auto, or Thrush Creative Co. Either way, you're very happy to be able to join us for yet another special edition of the Game Sports Show. And speaking of the special edition of the Game Sports Show, it is mainly powered by Compass Imaging Group and Demansky Office Interiors. Make sure you check them out on Instagram and Facebook. They are still open they are operational. Make sure you shop and support local Compass Imaging Group and Demansky Office and Deers, proud partners and sponsors of the Game Sports Show. And on this special edition show, it is yours truly, David McCaig. I am joined by Brendan Brooks. And in the background, I got Alex Parr. He is our tech guy. You may not hear him right off the hop, but one voice you will hear right off the hop, Brendan Brooks. Brooksy, thanks for coming on this special edition with us. No problem. This Always is- happy. Always happy. I know when Brooksy's on, you know that there's going to be a good special guest on as well. I know the stories are going to be good. And this guy has been on my show before. And I say my show because of Sioux, Ontario bases. When I started it, it was at through Boston Pizza. It was just myself and him talking. Now the Game Sports Show has become a family. So now it is our show. And Brooksy, obviously a part of that family. Alex Parr amongst the entire crew on the Game Sports Show. So this is the second time that this that's to say this awesome dude is the word I want to go with, is on the show with us. Okay? I've been called a lot of things. Awesome you, dude is not one of them. I'm going to go with that. And the reason why I'm going to go with that, I'm going to use this as an introduction. You're a third-round pick in 01. And get this, introduce you. You were ahead of Patrick Sharp, Jordan Tutu, Ray Emery, Christian Erhoff, Mike Smith, UC Jokinen, Derek Bugard, and PA Parents on a list of others. The one and only Drew Fada. Fada, thank you for joining us, pal. Thank you. I did not know I was ahead of those guys. Um, <laughs> that makes me feel way worse. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely, uh, you know, I'm sure you scrapped a couple guys in there though, or did you not? Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's half, I can't remember what I did last week, but uh, yeah, sometimes I remember I played with, um, I can't remember his fucking name, but uh, when I played with over in England, he's like, "Oh yeah, we used to, we fought a couple times when we were in American League," and I'm like, I, "No, I never met you before in my life. I can't remember anything." <laughs> Did he hit you that hard? You don't even remember or what? Oh, I don't know. It's, every once in a while, you know, it just kind of. You just doze off, and you're like, ah, fuck it, I don't care. It doesn't matter because you fought a couple. You had a lot of penalty minutes in your career, obviously, from the OPJHL to the O to the A to the East Coast to the back to the A to Italy to Europe. Just you've been all over, and that's fucking fantastic. I've said that. <laughs> Italy is where I'm most jealous of. 
to be totally honest with you, even though you've played a total of eight games in the National Hockey League, I know you have a story about Alex Ovechkin that I want you to bring back. So you did talk about it on the first time we talked about. We'll save all that stuff for a bit later on. There's a oh, lot. Yeah. There's a lot we'll get to. Obviously, you played in the NHL. You were drafted in 2001. You're obviously your brother Rico Fado, who's obviously well known in town as well. Good hockey genes uh, in the family. But now transferring from hockey, you both of you actually have a life here in Sault Ste. Marie with family and businesses. But we're gonna go over to you because you're the one that's on the show right now your business superior bakery i'm gonna like <laughs> over give a little promotion to your business yeah we're gonna give a little plug to superior bakery here. sure i love that um it's it's kind of a it's a complicated story but kind of simple um i was still playing hockey i was over in italy and i was enjoying it and it was kind of like coming down to the end of my career and you know my parents were talking and my wife and i and you know where are we going to settle down what are we going to do with our kids and the whole of buying a business, getting a business kind of really came into formation like pretty quickly. Um, we didn't know what we were going to do. And then England came up an opportunity where I could actually go back to school and finish off my master's and get my MBA in business. And uh, it, it just became a no brainer. It was super easy. And then my dad got really involved with which business to buy and how to do things and who we're going to do. And it became, you know, what are you going to do here in Sault Ste. Marie? Uh, you know, you live on an island, essentially you live on an island. There's no real surrounding areas for you. And a cash cow business like Superior Bakery, like a bread or a bakery business, became really appealing. And they're just like, okay, we're going we're gonna to do this. And we wanted things to stay the same because of the business that they had prior so we paid the old owners, uh, Bob and Anna Cummings, for eight weeks to train us, train myself, my wife. Uh, my dad was there every once in a while to you know, do exactly what they did. We didn't want to change anything. We didn't want to change the product because the quality of the product was what was number one, and that's what we wanted to keep. And we just expanded last year or the year before for uh, the second store on uh, Second Line. So... Things are going well, um, but it's just it's simple. You know, you make something good and people people will buy it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? That's exactly. That obviously the donuts are literally to die for. <laughs> okay, like I asked you off there, the donuts. There's no donuts left. You're telling me though, no donuts. No, you gotta come. No, there's no. If if you don't get there before eleven, it, like you don't get a donut. It's just yeah, but who's get a donut that after eleven? No. Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> I know it. We make a, we have like an eight hour production. So like you talk about Rico and and his donuts and you know Tim Hortons and stuff like that. He runs a twenty four hour production. Yeah. Uh, we run an eight hour production. So I make as much as I can in a span of eight hours, and hopefully it's either enough or you know you cut back on certain things here and there. Um, but you know we'll make anywhere from three to six hundred pounds worth of donuts. Jesus. And you know by eleven it's pretty much gone brooksy that'd be satisfying for you and i hope you eat all that do you think we could do that in a day eat all that i love donuts so yeah it's like it comes up to like 120 like 600 pounds is about 120 125 dozen donuts that's not including fritters 
That's, you know what? Honestly, having donuts at any time of the week is what I'm proud of. Now, literally, you and I, not only do you have hockey history that we kind of know each other from, we actually got kind of more, let's say, in conversation face-to-face through baseball. Now, this was something that was brought up first, too. I'm going to get this over with and done with before we kind of talk about wheeling because we've had over now four special guests and last special this last couple of weeks, and they've all played for the wheeling nailers. Okay, so we're going to get to that in a second. But baseball... You and I play against each other in baseball. We have the game sports show Renegades, a league that we sponsor for local fast pitch. And obviously yeah. you have your team actually. So um, <clears throat> you and I actually had a, a, was about four years ago. Now it is going on the fourth year, I believe where I actually pitched on the mound for the first time against you. Mm-hmm. And, and it was actually initiated where I was supposed to pitch against Ryan McDonald. And I ended up hitting him with a pitch. And I'd like you yeah. to tell the rest of the boys, because I know Alex <laughs> and Brooks, you don't know the other side of the story. here. And before I even say that now, believe it or not, uh, Fata, last season when I pitched, I actually pitched three games. Uh, what? Yes, and I actually had the stats. I think I should send it to you. I'm actually very proud. <laughs> Uh, I've actually, definitely gotten better. I'll give you that. I much. definitely got a couple strikeouts. I actually did a little Osuna when I closed the closed out an inning. It was hilarious. I thought I was Roberto Osuna out there. Uh, but awesome. nonetheless, I want you to tell a quick story about our first time against each other <laughs> while I was pitching you at bat. <laughs> See, we did this last time, and you said that I hit a home run off you. Ah. Now. It's not, I don't know if you've been hitting the head or I've been hitting the head too many times, but it actually, the story's a lot simpler and a lot nicer where the rule is you have to pitch to at least one out. Yeah. You pitched to McDonald and you, yeah, you hit him (laughs) (laughs) and he was on first and then you were about to change pitchers because then I was up next and then the ump's like, no, no, you can't, we have to have one out. And then seeing where you pitched, I was like, man, I said to Dump, I'm like, I don't give a shit. He can, he can pitch if he wants, but if not, then you can just put the new guy in. And then the new guy came in. Yeah. When so I, actually didn't, yeah. I think that I pitched one though against the cage. I think I totally missed. And then I, then that's when you said to the ump, okay, get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like I totally yeah. missed. <laughs> I sailed it over to the cage. Which yeah, that, if you're pitching, that's almost next to impossible to freaking do. <laughs> but you were you were pitching against your buddy, and it was you know, yeah. You get that little. It's like if I were pitched like against Brooksy, I'd probably walk him because they'd just be like, oh, you get you get those nerves, you get those like funny giggles when you start pitching against somebody you know. Oh, it's a fun <laughs> baseball is a fun thing. Speaking of baseball, no, it's because it. I'm gonna hit a home run off you, not because you're gonna get the giggles. <laughs> Jeez. I actually want Brooksy to play. I've been bugging him to play. You should play. It's fun. It is. Very fun. But now transfer point back over to hockey. All right. Yeah. So Wheeling Nailers. Now I, we got to bring up Wheeling on the show again because I almost wonder if Wheeling should be reaching out to me to start paying for sponsorship for Christ's sake. Because we've had a lot of Wheeling Nailers alumnus from Sault Ste. Marie. I know Brooksy might chime in on a pretty good uh, comment with that one, the Wheeling Nailers. But nonetheless, yeah. um, you know, you went from the OHL, you went over the A, the coast, and where you started in the coast was the uh, with Wheeling. And that's all before yeah. you jumped to the A, before you went to the Islanders. And we got lots to get to with that. Talk about your experience <laughs> in Wheeling because we've heard nothing but positives from all the Sioux ites that were able to play there i was like the first one there um i was in the old barn um they the new the guys that went in there after me they got the new barn they got the new area essentially it was in a different like we were in like you're in west virginia like it is it's it's not good (laughs) (laughs) like it is it's pretty it's not rough but like it's secluded like you think of west virginia like the stereotypical people 
I, I came across a lot of stereotypical people that are from West Virginia. And when I was there, it was like, it was like a, my first time there. So I went from starting NHL training camp in Pittsburgh. Then, you know, obviously you get caught and go down to the American League in Pittsburgh. And then I had to do a full training camp in the American League. And then the season starts and you're sitting there being like, you're still living in a hotel. It's like six weeks into the, since you left. The season's just about to start in your American League. And then they're like, okay, go down to here and then play a couple games down in Wheeling, West Virginia. And then you're going to come back. So I went down there the first time. No idea what I was going to get into. And I went from an NHL rank in Pittsburgh, uh, the Mellon Coliseum. And then I went to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, who just had a brand new facility. And then I go down to Wheeling, West Virginia, and like the showers don't work. Like the sit- yeah, it's <laughs> it's very similar to the McMeekin, but it's hot. It's not warm. It's hot. Oh, I mean, sorry, oh. it's not. Uh, McMeekin's cold, and the, so it's like opposite. Like Wheeling, West Virginia was hot, and you're just you're sitting on this like plastic ice, and it's just awful. And I'm sitting to myself, and I'm like, oh, my God, am I, am I this bad? Am I a bad hockey player? Like, You're contemplating I... quitting hockey when you see that sometimes. Yeah, it's I'm crazy. like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't believe I'm a part of this right now. And I'm thinking back, yeah. I'm like, okay, I weigh 215 pounds. Uh, okay, my body fat was 8%. Okay, that's maybe it's a little high. I'm like, am I fat? Am I, do they cut me because I'm fat guy right now? And it's like you're going through all these stupid, stupid scenarios in your head. And then uh, I pretty much spent the whole year – in a hotel uh, back and forth from Wilkes-Barre in, in Wheeling, West Virginia. And every time I went down there my first year, I didn't want to be there. I was upset, and I'm a 20-year-old kid. and can't even get into the bars because I'm, you know, I'm fucking 20. And it's like you don't, you don't really get to deal with, like, the friendships and camaraderie of a hockey room and the bus and, you know, just the, the good old-fashioned locker room talk when you're in and out all the time. So like yeah. I'd play a weekend in Wilkes, Wilkes-Barre and then I go down and spend three weeks in the American or three weeks in, in uh, Wheeling. And then I go back and forth and it was like, I, I would say that I like to keep in contact with social media and stuff like that keeps everybody pretty close. And that first year, like I don't talk to anybody from that first year because I was in a place where I was just angry. And then, you know, that's also why I probably had like 200 pound minutes because I was angry. <laughs> yeah. Just dropping yeah. the pits. Brooks, you played in the coast, obviously. I did. I played, uh, yeah, a little bit before I played in the AHL. Like, but I have a wheeling story as well. Oh, and, uh, well, it's just, well, it's like he said, like you go there, like it's, it's depressing kind of arena. <laughs> you know what I mean? But oh, they're yeah. actually, they're, the support in the city is actually pretty good. You know, yeah. it might not be a set of teeth in the stands, but <laughs> not a full set. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's dark in there and everything. And when I was there, it was in 2000 when uh, was the first year I played in the East Coast League and they had uh, Brophy was the coach. <laughs> so and I was weird. talking to Drew about it a bit and uh, we came in there and we beat them like seven to one. I was playing for the Dayton Bombers then and. They had a we're good getting, barn. I like Dayton's barn. They had a good barn. Yeah, it was big, right? State yeah. University there, yeah. But uh, so Wheeling, so we go in, and like you said, the showers are terrible. Everything's terrible. We couldn't get out of there fast enough. But as we're leaving after the game, killing them, we go and we hear, like, somebody yelling. 
And all of a sudden we go out there and the entire team is getting bag skated. And it's because Brophy, this school. is what he did. He would like, he would make them probably bag state for an hour until oh, they yeah. were like puking and everything. If you know, you lose at home on your home ice for that. Because, yeah, exactly. Because well, yeah. Drew would know playing there, like it's a tough Brophy was, to come in. Brophy was the, I was, so Brophy left and then Pat Bingham took over as coach the year after. So like all that stuff that happened and he was, he had to go to like, you know, you hear rumors and, you know, he had to go to rehab and all this kind of shit. But (laughs) he had this room. It's, it's not obviously not there, but he had this room where he would supposedly, if you can see me, I'm doing the air quotes with my fingers where he would cut video. And in that room was just like this, like, like cubby hole that was like in the attic above the team's locker room and you had to take like a like a bunk bed ladder to get up there and that's where he would cut video and that's where he would just sit and drink beer and that's where he slept oh because he <laughs> man like i never met the guy and all oh, yeah. i did was hear stories oh, for legend he was yeah. a legend yeah, the guy's just an old school disaster. I'll yeah. say right now, the name is one of the best names I've ever heard, though. In my life. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's get to that point. Wheelie Mailers, like, I, literally, I want to rename everything that I, everything after. I almost want to rename the show something Nailers, but no, I'm just kidding. That's copyrighted. Uh, <laughs> all jokes aside, obviously, you were drafted by the Pens, third round, mm. eight, six overall, not a big deal. Two thousand. Oh yeah. Yeah, of <laughs> that, there it is. Uh, then obviously you played with various teams. A wheeling, okay. Obviously, going from wheeling, he went up to the American Hockey League after yeah. that, and that's where you play with Wilkes Bear. And then after that was Bridgeport Sound Tigers, which is still actually uh, the New York Islanders farm system team. Yeah. So, nonetheless, after you make that jump, and you're from Sault Ste. Marie, you went over to West Virginia, like you said. There's not even six teeth per fan <laughs> in the fans in wheeling, right? Now you must go over to Wilkes Bear, probably a bit more, you know put together in a certain circumstance and I, and I say that with all due respect uh, you know <laughs> what the American Hockey League it's much like what you see in video games where your character develops from certain levels and you get different <laughs> tiers and it seems nicer as you go up that's probably exactly what it's like so when you're going up from the east coast of the American Hockey League you're trying to prove a point right you're like all right yeah. look third rounder i played in the coast now you did very well in the coast obviously now you're going up to the a you're trying to crack that spot and maybe your role changes right and obviously you've been a small town uh guy per se from sous Ste. marie and going over to these different cities it must have been a little bit of an adjustment but when you made an adjustment to go from the east coast to the american hockey league did you ever sit down and be like okay what the fuck is my role <laughs> um well yeah that was like honestly i my first three years pro uh, I had no idea. Like I had no identity. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to train. I didn't know how to eat. I didn't know when to sleep. I like, I didn't, I knew nothing about being a professional athlete. Um, Rico, Rico and I are same parents, but we're different. <laughs> like he, the guy eats a fucking bag of chips a day and he's got like half a cent, half a percent body fat. Like he's just Threaded. naturally, yeah. like he's just, he's just a freak. And then, Specimen. yeah, I eat asparagus and gain a pound. Like it's just, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, it's and you just can't weird. it out either. No, it's just, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, so I was training like he would train because that's what he did. And he was an NHL player and, um, so those first three years, they didn't work for me 
because I wasn't, I was just, just a dumb, just a dumb kid. Like, just. No, you were terrible to play against. <laughs> because I remember, you know, like when you come on the road or whatever, and, you know, I didn't play you guys very often because I was yeah. in a different division. And, and in the AHL, you didn't play like everyone all the time unless no. you were in your division. And I remember when we were going there, and I actually didn't know you then. And um, no, because you I remember co- Casino then. No. Yeah. So they, um, it was a long time ago, and uh, I remember going there, and guys in the room were talking about Drew Fatta. And I'm like, who the fuck is Drew Fatta? Like, who is this guy? You know what I mean? They're like, just yeah. be aware. Be aware when he's on the ice. And because you're not a tiny guy, and what people probably don't know who don't watch hockey, you can skate. Like, you can fly for a big man. And uh, still got those wheels, Fatta. You still got those. I, I, I don't know what they look like now. I haven't done this in a while, but I might they, crack uh, this with my weight. But I now. remember you running around like you, you didn't know what you didn't know what was gonna happen. Like you would crush a guy from behind. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the I problem stop. That, Yeah, but the thing was so scary like was because that's scary when you got a guy your size and the way you could skate was yeah. hard to play against and you're a defenseman so as a forward myself you always had to be aware when you're on the ice so i remember like every time i played your team your yeah. name came up in our meeting in our team <laughs> meeting is how so i got to know you before through that <laughs> being like all right be aware of drew fatta god damn it you know what I mean? <laughs> take, he doesn't stop when he sees the numbers you yeah, know no. exactly you know, you know what have you ever is there any like marvel and x-men fans in yes, this, right in this group and our so the evil believe. guy the juggernaut yes you know who that oh, guy is that's oh, yes. cool. so he's just a big dude he just he did once he picks up speeds like he cannot be stopped yep. yeah and that's that's essentially what i was when i was like 20, 20 anyone from 20 to 24 i was this 215 pound fucking juggernaut like i just had no <laughs> idea what was doing i just got i put my head down yeah. took three hard strides to get going and then yeah. That was it. Like, I think we found our title for the episode, by the way. <laughs> juggernaut. <laughs> the, juggernaut. The Juggernaut. I like that. Now, you yeah. go up to the American Hockey League. Now, mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to get to the – I love the Ovechkin story. I'm sure you got more like it. I, sh- I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I think you Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Okay, good, good. So, obviously, you go from Wilkes-Barre, and obviously it doesn't obviously work out in Pittsburgh. So you transition over to Bridgeport, right? So mm-hmm. – you go and you're already up and down between the coast and the A. Go through that and what's going through your mind. You you move into a different team now and you're almost like, okay, are you contemplating? All right, do I have to change my 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 as a player? Is this a better opportunity for you? Um, it was a different area. Like when I first turned pro, I was in obviously William and in Pittsburgh's organization with with uh, the East Coast and American League. I had Michelle Terrian and Mike Yo as my coaches. Now, these two guys are NHL coaches. Now, NHL coaches versus minor league coaches are two different people. So when you take an NHL coach coaching the American League, they don't give a shit about development. They don't give a shit about who you are. They don't give a shit about things. They just need, like, this is my system. You play my system or you don't play. And then we win or lose based on you know, the vocabulary and terminology that they would use and how they would talk to players. Um, 
when I went to that didn't work for me because I like I said I was a fucking dummy. <laughs> I could, you know what I mean? Like an attention span of like a gnat. Like they would explain these drills and I would remember just be like going to the back of the line, be like, I have I have to watch the first two guys because I have yeah. no idea what the hell's going on. And that was every day in practice. And then, you know, after a while you start feeling dumb and angry and blah blah all that bullshit. <laughs> but then I went to Bridgeport and it was a totally different atmosphere. And I had um, Jack Capuano, who essentially, like, I felt as if this guy actually liked me. You know what I mean? Like, he talked to me, and and he would just be like, this is what you need to do if you want to play in the NHL. He's like, this is what you need to do. And we'd sit there and watch video, and we'd go through stuff. And then if I had a bad game, he'd be like, hey, what the fuck was up your ass today? You were shitty. But he would... You'd say it in a way, be like, yeah, no, I, I don't know, man, I was fucking dumb today, or I just, you know, blacked out or something. And then he'd be like, oh, we'll work on it later. He's like, we'll get a couple of beers, come back. And then our practices revolved around a lot of one-on-one. Like, if you watch uh, Keith, when it comes to, like, the Leafs and all those guys, like, he'll put his arm around one of the players, whoever, you know, Matthews or whoever it is, and, like, have a conversation with these people. This was the first time I had a conversation with the coach in three years of professional hockey. Oh, never uh, no, of, no, man, I think Yo was, he'd say three things to me. He'd be like, you're going down to the East coast. <laughs> you're he'd be down. like, go serve that penalty for somebody. <laughs> or he would just yell my name. I, like that was it. Like that was, those are the three things that I heard from that guy. Get off the fucking <laughs> ice. <laughs> yeah. It was, I, I never heard that one, but oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was just, it was different. You had an NHL coach with, with with him with uh terry and and yo those are those are nhl coaches and those guys are in the nhl right now or yo is fired but you know essentially he's been in the show for the last like 10 years and that's how they coach in the nhl which is it's just that you have you have to be smart you have to be educated you have to understand what's happening and what's going on and i loved playing under capuano because he was just you know, I felt as if he like wanted to teach me and I needed that because I was, like I said, like a fucking juggernaut. I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> so that's the title of this episode. Like, <laughs> hey, the juggernaut. I might use that as your caption picture. <laughs> Maybe put that on yeah, right? you should take a recent photo and be like, ooh, that guy looks like the juggernaut right now. <laughs> <laughs> Behind the counter at Superior Bakery Donuts. Oh, no, I'm not allowed to work the front <laughs> because my wife's like, I get mad at the customers, so I'm not allowed. Well, that's hilarious. Now, <laughs> you go from obviously going from the aid over to the end. You get called by the app. Yeah. You get called up, all right? Now, you had a total of eight games up with Long Island, all right? Mm-hmm. So, in 2006, 2007 years where it all started, that's the year that made people, like, if you're a Leaf fan, will remember Jason Blake, former Leaf. You had Shatan, you had Yashin, they had a yeah. Aaron Asham as well. I think Brooksy is pretty familiar with Aaron Asham, if I know correctly. He's a dude. I love Yashin. Ash was awesome. Yeah, Ryan yeah. Smith, which obviously people consider him one of the best. I leaders. was with that trade when he came in. I was like the first guy he saw, and I think he thought I like I worked for the team because he was like, he's like, hey, where do I go? I'm Ryan. And I was like, uh, hey, buddy, you gotta go. <laughs> it's like, I think he thought I was like one of the PR directors or something, and it was just funny because I had my suit on because I only had yeah, I was, I was stupid, but and then you obviously yeah. played with Rick DiPietro too, who signed that massive contract with one of the most dustiest contracts ever. <laughs> he's still getting paid right now. You know? Yeah, that's unbelievable. Like a million dollars for the next like five years. 
oh, like that's perfect. He when he signed that deal, he must have been sitting there and saying, "All right, man, like I'm good for life here." You know what I mean? I might not win a cup, but I I might be I might be fine. But nonetheless, you go over up to Long Island. You go up in that locker room. What what are you feeling like? You walk in there, you're like, "All right, I used to kick some ass mm-hmm. off the coast of the A. I'm a tough motherfucker. I'm a juggernaut. I'm gonna go kick some ass." <laughs> or what? What are you thinking? Man, did I ever feel small? Like you go up there and you go from like this, you know, big fish, little pond into the, you know, the big sea and all that, whatever analogy you want to use. But I remember thinking, I'm like, fuck, these are big dudes. Like, this is going to be, this is going to be tough. And I had no idea what to expect. And I was, I didn't take in anything. I didn't take in the lights. I didn't take in the sounds. I had no idea. I was, had this like cloud that was around me because I was my first time. I had, I had my track suit. I didn't have a tuxedo or not tuxedo. And then my suit with me because we were on the road in the American League. And when you're on the road in the American League, you don't have to wear your suit. You just have to wear your track suit. And, you know, bring a couple of T-shirt and, you know, a pair of underwear and socks and shit like that. But when you get called up in the show, you got to wear a suit all the time. Yeah. So Jeremy Colleton, who's the coach of Chicago right now, he separated his shoulder. So he was on the road with us in Portland. And Portland, what a fucking shithole that was. And uh, Collie was like, I'm like, like, what do I do? And he's like, no, I'll give you my suit. Now, Collie looks identical to what he looks like now, where he's just like a string bean. Like he's not, you know, he's six foot two and 180 pounds and he's very tiny. So when his, I put his pants on, I couldn't button them all the way around my waist. So I had to like buy a belt. At like the cashier, so here I am walking through the airport and holding onto my pants because they're not like I can't button them all the way, and I have like white socks on with this black suit and my running shoes That's because his shoes didn't fit, and they're come up to my ankles like I'm wearing uh, flood pants, and I'm walking through and then I'm like a fat guy in a little coat with his with his sport jacket. And I don't have a t-shirt. I have a white t-shirt on underneath because his shirt, I couldn't button it around my fucking stomach and chest. <laughs> so what you're saying is when you walked in the room, they're like, look at this fucking no. guy. Man, I had to spend. So like I'm playing in the American League. And at the time I was making 30, I think I was making 35, 35K. And I had to spend... Six hundred and eighty-eight dollars. I remember that because I'm Italian and I'm money, fucking then. cheap. <laughs> um, I had to spend six hundred and eighty-eight dollars on a new shirt, a belt, a pair of shoes, and a pair of socks. But I had to buy them from the hotel, and the hotel that we we're staying at because it's NHL fucking hotel. You're staring. Um, I can't remember what the hotel was called, but it's like these five star. Like, like rents, rent. yeah, Carlton yeah. and all that. And we're in Washington, and you know, you have no idea what the hell to expect. And you walk into like marble floor everywhere. And so I put it on, got all the stuff, and I put it on, and then uh, I went in there, and um, it was just like it was surreal to the point where I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know what to expect, and I was just trying to take it in, and like I'm trying to drink a cup of coffee, and the guy asked, he's like, dude do you want cream and sugar in your coffee? And I was just like, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I didn't answer the guy's question. I just took the fucking coffee. Like I, I didn't know. Right. You just, you're not paying attention to anything, but it was, it was a lot of fun. And, um, I won't like remember that day for the rest of my life. So, you know, you went up to Washington. You said, is that a perfect segue to the story that I think I wanted you to tell? 
Sure. Yeah, there you go. Um, that. So when I was, so talk about like coaches who like you and I had Ted Nolan talk about Sioux connection and, and Teddy go. was, and Teddy has a vocabulary that I could understand. And he would talk to people. And I think he has that vocabulary with a lot of people um, where he talks, you listen, you understand what he says. And yeah. he keeps things simple and he keeps things accurate. And he keeps, cause he, he knows what, he knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, the guy's, you know, he's a Jack Adams winner. Like the guy's been around forever and he's played in the NHL. Like the guy's, you know, he's, he's legit. He knows what's going on. He knows what the hell to do. Like he would look at me and be like, okay, I need to talk to this guy. He's going to, he's going to cost me the game and cost puck over if I don't talk to him. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so then uh, he just came to me and he's just like, he's like, it's fun. I having fun today. And I'm like, uh, yeah, thank you. And I'm, you know, what the fuck? I didn't know what the hell I'm saying. <laughs> and he's like, there's only three things I want you to do today. He's like, one, I want you to have fun. Number two, uh, I want you to work hard. And number three, Whenever Ovechkin's on the ice, you get the fuck off. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, I can do that. You know, like I can do, yeah. I can really do that. I really can. And I was like, but I'm yeah. so jacked. And it was like the simplest of things. And I'm just like, a hey, little kid shaking. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fuck somebody up today. This is gonna be awesome. Like, yeah, 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 I'm gonna be so good. And you know, like normally I'd have like one cup of coffee before a game, um, maybe an espresso. But I was so, I had so much energy and so like pent up aggression. Not pent up aggression. It's a bad choice, but. I was excited, and um, when I finally got on the ice, I ended up like skating out of position because I was like, like way I was like, to my feet were just like you know all over the place, <laughs> and uh, we're in the defensive zone. Fuck, they're doing a cycle down low, uh, pretty standard stuff, and to break up the cycle, you obviously you can use the body and throw the body. So Ovechkin gets the puck in the corner, and he tries to do like a little reverse hit, but. I just, you know, I've been here before and I hit him and he goes down and this is great. And the puck moves out and I'm skating up the ice. And normally at this point is where you like jump into play because, you know, they got two guys caught and, you know, you'd be like the fourth guy high. And I was just about to jump into play and I was like, no, 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 no. I should probably just stay back. Like, just, you know, just relax. Like, don't do anything. Yeah. And Ovechkin's skating up behind me and he's like, he's like, hey, he's like, why'd you hit me? He's like, I like your brother. <laughs> <laughs> and i was just like yeah fuck you and like i just i didn't know right you're just like you're yeah. so jacked up and then i i ended up doing like a u-turn and i i went changed and it was like a 15 seconds <laughs> that's my shift. cue that's my, my cue. cue i'm like i gotta go <laughs> i gotta go i gotta get off the ice i gotta get off the ice and then like i didn't realize what happened and then all of a sudden like the game's over and like i think we went to overtime and i got a shift in overtime and then it was yeah that's it like i don't really remember the much of that but i remember i obviously remember ov and i remember brooks lake or lights or lake or whatever he's yeah. saying his name brooks lake, yeah. he he hit me on my first shift and it like it like released all this like tension and like rust that i had on me because i was like oh that was a pretty big hit and i was like oh okay i can do this you know like it was just like okay all right, he's, he's a big boy, but I got this. We're all fine. We'll be okay. And then I just, I played my like four and a half minutes and yeah. <laughs> that was it. And it was, well, what uh, a great feeling that is to to realize, you know, once that hit happens, you know, that's yeah. why they always say, you know, in a game, like just get a hit in, get the puck oh, yeah. on net, like everything, because it get calms deep, everything down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just way it is, especially as a first, like I was the one who got hit and I didn't hit the guy. It was just... It was just like literally like rust, like the Tin Man, and I just fucking oiled all up, and I was ready to go. 
See, when, when you have Alex Ovechkin as that out there, you're looking at these guys and you're going, wow, you know what? Like, the, these are the guys and you're matched up against. You want to make that hit because you might know that I might be on the TSN highlight after. <laughs> the TSN highlight. <laughs> see, we didn't have – see, I'm old as fuck. And uh, they – we didn't have – I'm not as old as Brooksy, but uh, <laughs> we, uh, we didn't have, like – I didn't have social media. I didn't have Facebook back then. I didn't have – you know, easy access to like sports highlights on like, you know, uh, the applications on your phone. Like if I didn't, I didn't watch TSN because I was living in the States and like ESPN coverage of hockey was like next to nothing back then. So I didn't watch any of that stuff, but uh, I wish I lived in an era or I played in an era like now, because then all that stuff would just be readily available and it'd be a lot of fun. See, and I think if I may be correct, I think on that team that year, all right, it was Chris Simon. Oh, Cy. Yeah, 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 Cy was there. He has, I don't know if I can say this, you can edit this out later if I want, but he literally has the biggest dick in all of hockey. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, it's, it, and he's a fucking big dude. Like, he's 6'3", you know, 255 pounds of just, like, strong dick. Big dick. <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's, it's, it's thick. It's a big. And I, I remember, like, I remember taking a shower and I was just like, oh, fuck. This is, you this feel is, like a little kid I'm like, again. I'm like, it's so big that you're like, do I talk about it? Do I say something to him? Or just, do I let this go? Is this and the elephant like, in the room? Is this the like, what happened? I'm like, is this the guy playing Joe the new guy? Right. <laughs> is that a blow-up doll? Oh, it was fucked. And I remember it was, it was just fucked. It was just... I remember getting out of the shower. I don't even think I took the soap out of my hair. And I was washing off and... Uh, Blake Como, he's in Dallas now, and we were younger together. And Colm, I remember when Colm's was up there for a while, and I'm like, because he was with me in, in Bridgeport. And I was like, I'm like, Colm's, is that fucking for real? Is that size stick? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's size stick. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't respect guy, Alex. But it's I, so I, funny I that you remember the dick so well more than you oh, do. Oh, yeah. Chefs. I can't remember what happened <laughs> in my shift, but I can tell you what size dick looks like. Can you remember- <laughs> I'm happily married with two kids, by the way. <laughs> then he had the luxury to play with guys like Ryan Smith and all that. All right. And then they're up there. Like, how is his leadership walking? Let's go on the corny route for a second. Everyone compliments how he is. If he's a piece, a piece of crap, let us know on here now. First. But, like, honestly, that guy was heart and soul at Edmonton. Then he goes over to Long Island yeah. in a very surprising deal. Uh, then you obviously had guys like Jason Blake and Shatan there and Cylinder. A lot of guys that you're playing with. And, yes, I'm looking. <laughs> hockey DB while I say that. Uh, oh, yeah. No, that's fine. We had, you know what? There was, so Blake was a douche, and he was like your, I don't know how to explain it. He was just, he didn't want to hang out with anybody. Um, and, like, even from the, for me, and I'm just, like, a young rookie, and I don't, I, I just kept my mouth shut. I didn't say anything to anybody. But there were, you can just pick up signals. And even at the age of 21 or 22 or however old I was, um, like I knew what was going on. I knew that nobody liked this guy and <laughs> he, he, he was a douche. And I remember I didn't have a locker. And so Blake, no one wanted to be beside like Blake's locker, not like locker where you get your, your gear on, like your, your locker when it comes to, uh, like your clothes and your like street attire. Yeah. So nobody wanted a locker beside Blake. So when I went, got called up, that was my locker. I was beside, because, you know, you know, you're just a lonely rookie. No one gives a shit and you can go over there. And I am had, I was 
finishing up my day and I, I, I played a game and I was excited. You know, I had, I had a, everybody was just having chews in the locker room. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll fucking have a chew right now. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. You know, one of the boys, you know what I mean? Like one of those kind of things. And I had my spitter and I put it in my stall and I went on, you know, went to go take a piss and I came back and he was yelling at uh, not Cylinder, one of the older guys there. And he was like, whose fucking spitter is this? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, Blakey. I'm like, that's mine. And he's like, oh, he's like, don't ever fucking happen again. And I was just like, okay. I'm like, I knew he yelled at me. Like, I get it. But like, there's like 12 other people that are fucking chewing. It's not like, it's like this whole thing where it's like hated. And it's like chewing in the locker room is like a pretty standard, you know, practice when it comes to, you know, any sports, really. So like, if he was upset about it, anyways, he was a douchebag. But I was there when Sillinger fought him in practice and it was my first practice my first full practice and this was like they were fighting and Cy looks at me and he's Chris Simon he's like he's like you got to hold me back and I was like oh okay (laughs) and like I just like yeah he's like no 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 and they hold me back he's like I'm gonna fuck that guy up and I just you're just a kid you have no idea you smile at everything like if someone says something to you they can call you a piece of shit and you're like, you know, and you're like, ha, 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 thanks man. That's cool. And you just like, you're just excited. Just someone talks to you like in that kind of atmosphere. And when they fought, I was like, wow, like no one likes this guy. He's got a fucking douchebag. I can imagine Cy would have taken care of him pretty easily. Yeah. Cy was, Cy is a scary, scary individual. Yeah. When he, like when he got that suspension for that cross check on Holwig, yeah. he oh, would practice. Yeah, so I would I would do extra practice because, you know, I'm just like the, the you know the call up rookie who gets like four minutes of ice time. So if I don't put in the extra time on the ice with the spare goalies, then I just look like a lazy lazy loser. And he would do these three on three drills. He tripped me like on purpose, like full on hook trip, and it was just like he looked at me and was like what the fuck are you gonna do and like the look in his eye and i was just like no nah, man i'm okay thanks so much I'll, I'll leave you alone you can do what you want <laughs> yeah, you're good you're good yeah was... you're good you can go score break away yeah it's all yours <laughs> <laughs> dave mckeg alongside brendan brooks and our special edition guest drew fatta drew obviously we, uh we're gonna ch- chat a bit more here we got a couple more things to get to get to and obviously lots of <clears throat> long island and mm-hmm. played long island but there's more places that you played as well obviously San Antonio, Bing, uh, Binghamton uh, with the Senators, Providence, mm. uh, Sparta, love that name, uh, <laughs> Asiago, then obviously the Sheffield Steelers, teams like that. So you made the transition from going to the NHL back down to the American Hockey League, transitioned through some teams, and you went over to Europe. Now that's happened mm. to a couple of people as well. So t- kind of going off the tail end of your career in the American Hockey League, tell us about that. And then just the transition over to Europe, it's completely different playing overseas than it is playing in North American hockey. And that's stating the obvious. Yeah, it was, uh, it's a different world over there. It's a different culture. It's a different, it's even a different hockey game. Um, I, when I, I left, I had two years in Binghamton and long Island and it was great. When I left, uh, I went to sign with Phoenix and then I got sent out to the American League, uh, you know, one of those, like, last cut kind of things. And um, I got traded to Ottawa within, like, a week into the season. Like, I don't even think I played, like, five or six games, whatever it was. And then uh, when I was in Bingo, it was great. I love Bingo. Uh, the guys there were great. 
uh, Brendan Bell was there. Uh, uh, Matt Karkner was there. Like those are the guys that we, Ryan Smith or not Ryan uh, different Smitty. Yeah. Zach different Smitty. Yeah. Zach Smith. Um, and these were just like awesome dudes. Great time. Uh, I just fell into a situation where um, Bell Z and Lee, Brandon Lee were just a de- defenseman that were, you know, just better than me and, and higher on the depth chart. So I never really got a called up because of those guys. Mm-hmm. And then when I went over, then I signed with Boston and then uh, broke my ankle. And I you know, ruppered my Achilles first, like two weeks into the season. And that was it. Like I was, there's no way I was going to, um, like there was no way I was going to be able to like recover from that. I was out all year. And then after that, I went over to Europe and we went to, I went to over to the Norway which was if you need to go somewhere, like man, fucking Norway is awesome. Um, expensive, is, but awesome. Yes, it is super expensive. <laughs> like all of Scandinavia is like super expensive. But you're making, you yeah, know, you're you, making uh, the crown. So yeah. it's like you spend the crown, and you know, it was great. But um, where I was in Norway, in Sparta, Sarpsburg—that's what it was called. It was it was twelve hours, or sorry, eighteen hours of like dusk. Like there was never a sunrise or a sunset. Like the sun would just go like horizontal, like right across your your plateau of like this plain, this this mountain plain that we lived in, and it was cool. And it's just something like a sight to see where it's like you think the sun's going down, but it doesn't go down, or it's coming up and it's like it doesn't go up. Like what time is it right now? You have no idea. Like I mean, we came back from a road trip, and you know you fall asleep it's like three or four in the morning, and then you wake up. And you're like, oh shit, did I miss practice? Like, what fucking time is it right now? And it's like, it's like nine nine a.m. in the morning. You have no idea. It was awesome. Uh, Italy, uh, I didn't like Italy. I loved the culture, and I loved the people that we got in contact with outside of hockey. Uh, outside of hockey was probably one of the best experiences that we, my wife and I, had. The travel, the food, the, the people, the the language, like everything. Uh, the hockey was shit. The organization of that world was shit. Um, you know, I st- I'm still old money from them. Like, it's not like that's one of the reasons why I don't like it. But Hashtag it was just this whole Fata. holy fuck, pay foul. No, it's brutal. Like, man, like I'm not talking jump. But Italy's like, talking... been known for that, though. Like, Italy's yeah. been known for that. Like, they think man, they can just 30K. get away with it. Now. That's what they owe me right now. Like, 30k. That's a lot of money. Yeah, like, and it's just 30 KP is my credit line off. Okay, I'm, flat- <laughs> I'm fucking broke as hell. Okay. <laughs> so I totally get that. But no, you got you got the over in Italy, like you in Norway, and that European experience. The difference in hockey that I've I've had the last couple of special edition guests that we've had, they've really emphasized the difference in hockey, North American over to Europe. But nowadays, uh, like in particular with Riley Brace, with someone that we had on the show recently, and he said that the way that North American hockey is changing to what European hockey was and is. I mean, yeah. I don't agree with that, but like you were there around 2012, 2013, <clears throat> and you were over there overseas. So you did you see that difference when you played? Like, is it really that much different? It is. That's, well, first of all, it's it's the it's the Olympic ice surface that really changes things. Like all of a sudden, you're adding three feet onto the onto each side it's it's a huge difference and your angle as a d-man your angles change and there's no way you're going to pinch a guy off before the blue line because you have an extra three feet to deal with and then normally you know if if anybody that's listening and wants to know coaching styles 
you play the dots as like you know the face-off dots that are on the, each uh, each blue line and on the uh, offensive defensive zone. As a D-man, that's your line. You're like you don't go inside of that and you don't go outside of that as you're coming down. But when you play in European style, he's like those don't make a difference because you're if you play the dots, you're giving them three feet. So you have to play it like you have to be able to judge it as a person's coming down on you, as a player's coming down on you. And the hitting is what takes a huge difference because there's more room. There's more room out there for people to move around. So that extra three feet equivalents to like one stride. So that one stride in that half second, people are fucking fast. And, you know, the way people train nowadays and the, like, I remember my, my first pair of skates, those fucking, um, the Reebok pumps. Pumps. I had the white ones. Oh, I didn't really could change this year. Man, those things are so heavy. Like, they're like <laughs> space boots. <laughs> so like you know, the, the agility now that you have, like you're losing a couple ounces of weight per skate. And yeah. so, so you're moving like, it's like you're, you're really like skating on air. Like, and if you have the agility, you take it like imagine fucking Rico would play yeah. in a game like now with oh. his abilities and the way he moved his feet and stuff like that. Man, the guy'd still probably be playing. And like he never had an injury because he just has a freak of nature kind of body, but he lives in an era where it was like hooking and clutching and grabbing and a speedy guy like that. You just hook him. Brooksy loved that. And Brooksy too. Like, you know, Brooksy grew up in an era where it was hooking and clutching and grabbing as a speed guy. But then when he had a, he had a, Brooksy obviously had a great career over in Europe because you get a little more space. You get a little more space, man. It's like that half a stride that I'm behind you to defend you is you're getting a shot off. And if you got a good shot, then that goes in. Did it's just this, have a good shot though, or should we give him that credit or what? Brooks, <laughs> Brooks does have a good shot. He's got that stupid heel curve though. That's the thing. <laughs> if he would have changed it, Brooks, you would have changed that fucking long time ago. You would still be playing now. <laughs> Forty-one sure. old playing overseas. Yeah, yeah, over for sure. Here. But I used to love when guys like Drew first came over to Europe because I was already been there waiting yeah. and when they try to you know they see it they think they got you lined up but that extra like you said that extra space that extra room it changes yeah. everything the amount of times guys would lunge at you where normally they would have caught you aren't even close to you because you've already yeah. moved it's crazy how quick it happens oh so yeah and you two played for the same team brooks i think you played for the Steelers too right uh i my yeah my last year right before i right before i retired i played just a short time there and mm-hmm. what a great place to play though Oh, it's awesome. I like, that's the thing. I still keep in contact with some of the people that are there. Uh, the organization was, it was okay. Um, for a European, I didn't like the owner himself, like Tony Smith. I'm not sure if he's still the owner now. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, he's, he's okay. Um, <laughs> not whatever. as bad as your coach was over when he played at a minor pro though. Right? No, <laughs> he was, he was the owner though. Big yeah. difference. I've never met any owner before oh. now that I go over to England and I play in Sheffield I meet the owner and I talk to this guy all the time I'm like I don't give a fuck who you are just give me my check like I'll I'll, pour, I'll produce on the ice and just leave me alone like one of those kind of things I think but he was call. involved but I love the people there uh, I still keep in contact with a lot of the guys there I still because of social media and Twitter and Facebook and all that crap um, I know what's happening with the team and I know who's there and it's it's a if I would rec- if I were to do this everything over again and knowing what I know I would just play there for my last like seven years of playing overseas. I would just play there for seven years and then travel with, cause we didn't have kids at the time, my wife and I, and, um, 
I would just take the break that they give us like every three months, like they do over in Europe, which is amazing. I fucking love that. And just travel and see the world. And I would go to all these different places in the span of seven years and go play over there because the people, the culture, you know, the atmosphere, like I loved, I loved, uh, I loved Sheffield. It was awesome. So now what do you, what do you do saying quickly with Asiago, with them owing you, what the hell do you do in that situation? Is it basically, you (laughs) You know, it. We eat it. I got to eat that. Like, uh, we did the whole lawyer thing and, um, they didn't show up to court and they were deemed that they had to pay us, but they just physically didn't pay. They don't. They just don't because they don't give a shit. That's just like they're, that's a culture when it comes to bigger business, not big business, but bigger business. Um, they just don't because they deal with cash and, you know, that's why I got to eat it. That's unbelievable. Brooks, that's, yeah. that's stupid. We should go over there and friggin' protest. Uh, yes. I don't he doesn't care. It. Well, I didn't play in Italy, and that was part of the one of the reasons why I heard horror stories, like especially like yeah. when I was going over. Because near the end, it was actually the end of my career. I was considering going to Italy because, uh, you know, I always wanted to live in Italy. Like he said, it's pretty amazing. But at the same time, I'm like, well, are they going to even pay me what they owe me? Because, yeah, they won't. you know, that's scary you know when you're going there not just Asiago no it's everywhere it's all the teams that were there it wasn't it was just the way the culture was because everything deals in cash and everybody skims off the top and all of a sudden there's no profit so nobody makes any money so they just they have no cash flow and uh that's why they can't pay their players so the only yeah if you have no in your business guy obviously have no cash flow it means you can't pay your players and also can't run a functional hockey team and pay your fucking players in general that's no i know it's like i went i went to business school to get all that stuff and learn all that things and how it goes through and it's just like oh that's why they didn't pay me yeah i get it now all right right. didn't match the credits if you yeah (laughs) it's pretty amazing how you can go there and get your master's though yeah, it was awesome. I had to uh, take an online test. I did an online interview, and I had to write an, uh, an essay, and I passed all three, and I had a lot of help from my mom and my wife. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. I can barely I can barely. But you know what? Sometimes. No one can take that away from you, buddy. You got your no, master's, awesome. hey? Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's good. And you obviously had lived the dream playing all over. So you went from that dumb young kid to the smart <laughs> guy you are now. <laughs> and now you're running. Man, I've been called a lot of things, and one was an awesome dude and a smart guy. <laughs> yeah. Those two things have never come across my in my 36 years of life. No one has yeah. ever said, man, that's a smart, awesome dude over there. I don't yeah. think I've ever used that introduction. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like this show. But, uh, but hey, I want to talk to you about something before you go. Yeah, yeah. Because I really want to talk. I'm pretty sure it was Bingo, which mm-hmm. is Binghamton. I'm pretty sure it was there or Bridgeport. I can't remember. Whenever we went, which we didn't go often because I was in a different division. Yeah. And we would get there on the road and stay in the hotel. And our coaches would make it seem like if we stepped outside, we might get shot. That was that probably. um, Was that that bingo? No, that's probably. Bridgeport? It's probably Bridgeport. Okay. Because the rink was situated in like the projects. Right, yeah, because I couldn't remember where which one it was, Bridgeport or Bingo. I always mix yeah. them up because we never went there often. So it actually the the rink was in um, oh man, I can't remember what the, the suburb was called, but the it was like Upper Connecticut. That's what they they called mm-hmm. it like this like rich class kind of thing, but it was yeah. actually the projects of Connecticut. Yeah. 
and it was funny because we lived in in Bridgeport, like on so like a sound, like the sound is like a body of water, and uh, we lived on the sound in Milford, Connecticut. That's where we lived. Yeah, and right across the street was the WWE headquarters. Oh yeah. So we're like off the highway. That's where we live. So in behind. So if you're on the highway, if you're, I know I'm describing geographical places, but if you're going on the highway and you're going south, then on your right-hand side will be the big black WWE building. Like, you'll see pictures online. It's gorgeous. And then in behind that is a sound, which would take you ferry, and you take it over to Long Island. Um, that's where we lived. That's where our apartments were, and that's where our little houses and stuff were because nobody rented them out during the wintertime. And, but the rink was down the road off the highway, and those were in Upper Connecticut, which is oh, bad. Oh, like, it well, was yeah, bad. we yeah. used to have a, our coaches. We had a meeting actually before about it. Every time we were going there, like it was like, you know, guys, we're not joking. This is hmm. serious. Like, this is not a yeah. ploy to keep you inside. Like, yeah, don't go don't there. Don't go to the park outside. Yeah, that's bad. And I remember when we went there, and same thing. They were just like, do not go out there. I remember the first person, as soon as they tell you that story, and the first person I see is like this big, huge, not to be racist, but a big, huge black guy. And you're like, oh, my God, what's this guy? Is this guy going to do something to me? Because you have it in your head that someone is like, you know, going to do something bad and like don't go outside. And, uh, yeah, then I was like, I walked faster and I got to the (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. But you, uh, you, but you played with some pretty character type of guys, as we would say, or beauties. Uh, I'm going to throw out a name and I want to know, because I think this is one of the biggest beauties in hockey (laughs) is Mike Scroy, who you played with. Oh, now, would you agree he's a no, beauty? Disagree. He's no, a fucking I, loser. And I don't care if he hears this and does whatever. I will defend my honor. But that just shows the different characters that you go through and play through all your years of all those years. Just imagine. Like, oh, it's yeah. Those kind of people happen all the time, and like oh, we yeah. go for hours and talk about. You know, like there's dirty people out there, but some of them are fun and and just yeah. like it's funny and it goes along. Yeah. Like, you know, fun. like you know, Biz Biz Nasty, or and I played with yeah. Biz for three years. Um, he wasn't, you know, biz nasty at the time. He was just Paul Bizonette. Um, he was just a good, fun, good teammate, young yeah. kid who just wanted to have some fun and have a smile with people. Yeah, um, he's really good at and that. And he just, you know, he tried to have sex with as many girls as he could at the time. And it was just, it was funny and it was great. And it was just a fun thing. And like knowing what he became now, you're like, I can see that from I what know. he became. Right. And I know that's one guy that we're trying hard to get on this show. <laughs> and yeah. uh, in particular with Biz, I got a quick story about Biz. I was at the Rogers Center watching the Blue Jays, mm-hmm. and I was sitting in a – my friend used to get season tickets from his stepfather. That uh, He used to get very good tickets. But they pat, or, <coughs> pat Luca, obviously, is our friend, obviously, mutual friend of mine in Brooklyn. And in this seat, we were sitting maybe six, seven rows back of home plate or whatever it was, or just the side. And I'm just sitting there, and I look over, and I see this guy, this giant dude-ish, six, six, three. He's a big guy. Yeah. Uh, he's got a tattoo down his arm. Is I know exactly who he is because uh, this is where he started getting popular with Arizona, right, or Phoenix at the time. And he sits down. I tell my buddy, hey, Pat, this is, that's, that's Paul Bizanet. That's Biz Nasty. Yeah, yeah. He was Biz Nasty then, though. Yeah, it was wasn't Paul Bizanet. Paul Bizanet is dead. Yeah, it doesn't exist. <laughs> so I look at him, I go, hey, hey, I don't want to say his name. I want all of his attention. 
And yeah. then he ended up looking over us, and I uh, didn't talk. I was like, I know who you are. And I said that without talking. He goes, shh, gives me the shh. They said, show me the floor. Yeah, he loves it, though. Don't let Biz fool you. He loves that's oh, what he yeah, does. He, does. What he, does. Show me he the absolutely floor. loves he it. Was he was always like, yeah, he wanted it. and But it was fun. Like, we were okay. Like, we knew that he wanted it, and it was just one of those things. So, like, so Biz was crazy and a beauty and, you know, whatever, you know, adjective you want to use to describe the guy. But... Mm-hmm. He was a good teammate. It was okay. Like, you were okay with it. Like, yeah. And then you take a guy like Scroy, like, just totally. The opposite. He took me up the stairs after and took a picture with me and my friend is how he is. But the whole point of the story is he had his arm around two girls. Now, he may not like these (laughs) things, but he did have his arm around two girls at the time. So I definitely got that corner right away. I thought that was hilarious. I don't even think Biz is married. I don't think he's. He's got a girl, but I don't think they're married. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that is, but if he stays single the rest of his life, I can be like, I, I can see that. Like, I can just, you know, this is one of those guys. I agree. He's a George Clooney. Yeah. Now, you know he what? One, one thing that I want to bring up to you before we let you go, I know we kind mm-hmm. of want to see, but it's fun stuff. I want to bring up to something quickly in the OHL when he played with the Toronto State Mikes. You know, the yeah. uh, the Ontario Hockey League Alumni Association shares a lot of our shows, especially a special edition that is shared last week sir, uh, with Kelsey Wilson. Uh, and obviously, we cover a lot of the OHL here on the Game Sports Show, in particular, obviously, the Sioux Greyhounds, as we cover both local, national, and professional. When we do local, we obviously talk about the Hounds, all the local teams, and do a lot of coverage of the Ontario Hockey League. So, just about your time over with the same Mikes, this is actually uh, Riley Brace is a guy who played with Mississauga. I had a lot of affiliations on the Toronto area, but mm-hmm. played in Toronto in the Ontario Hockey League and the Ontario Hockey League in general. Any kind of positive feedback you have about the Ontario Hockey League before we let you go? It's positive feedback? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, it was awesome. Like, you know what I mean? The way it is now, especially with the whole schooling package and stuff. Hold on a sec. Hey, Milo, come over here. Oh, he's been it's like he's just like Milo, come here. You want to be a part of it? Yeah, yeah, come on. There you go. He wants to come in. He wants to say hi. Oh, he can say hi. Absolutely. Yeah? We're not watching. We're doing an online chat. You want to say hi? Say hi. Hi. Oh, there you go. Yeah. We're getting getting ready for bed here. But um, you know what? OHL, now with what they offer for the school packages, I think it's awesome. Yeah, definitely. It's great. The Ontario Hockey League has definitely evolved. And we, yeah. like, we like covering all the, see all the players grow. And obviously, we're not watching any sports right now, but we are glad that we were able to have you on, Drew. I know, like you said, we're over an hour. I know our tech guy, I've been telling him to give me time up. <laughs> we've done them okay. And I told him to shut up. Because it's good radio. It's good radio. That's what it is. Exactly. No, I didn't. I will tell Alex. He's done a great job with his recording. So thank you very much to Alex. Thanks to all the listeners on the Game Sports Show, viewers, everybody listening on through our website, through our Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Facebook, Instagram, through our proud sponsor, the broadcast partner, all with being Sports Center. Uh, Bar and Grill, On TV, Northwest Sports Now, North Beer Burn Company, Compass Imaging Group, the Manscaped Office Series, ESPN Sports Center, Thrust Creative, Co. And if you want to be a sponsor, you can come to reach out. Obviously, Superior Bakery. We're doing <laughs> go get those donuts. My marketing, my marketing budget is zero dollars. <laughs> no expense here. Just another zero out of uh, Sure. Throw it in there. I'll give you a couple donuts. I like that. Free donuts? I'll take that. And obviously, yeah. Brooksy, I want to thank you coming on. I know you and I will be talking this week. We have another guest coming on this week, but we're not going to promote that guest. We're going to wait until tomorrow to start promoting that. But Brooksy, thank you very much uh, for coming on and joining myself and Drew. No problem. Always good to have you. Absolutely. One of our co-hosts, Brandon Brooks. Now, obviously, our two are our main attraction. 
the main reason why you clicked on this link, Drew Fada. Drew, thank you for all the stories, all the memories we made on this broadcast. I know we'll have you on sometime in the near future. This of will course. be fine so you can share it around, obviously, and brag about your days when you played and you played against <laughs> the Mexican. Thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. No, I love it. It was absolutely great. But next time, if Brooksy's your co-host, you need to be that guy in front of a camera. You ever see that guy smile? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah but you can't, there you, you go have a, again. You there cannot you again, have a guy like Brendan Brooks so good. as a radio co-host. He needs to be in a camera. He needs to have some video. You need to put that guy as a spotlight. Yeah, he you ever, you ever see his beard? You see when oh. his beard comes into? It's just, it's just, you know, people don't have that way. It's just, man, you need that guy in front of a camera. Do not put him on audio. You, no, fuck audio. He needs, that was the plan. Was yeah. uh, was uh, on t on television, literally in front of the camera. But now, obviously, given the circumstances, I have to <laughs> yeah. do uh, on the other side of the coin with audio. But obviously, Brooksy, one of our co-hosts, is, uh, new new members of the Game Sports Show since June last summer is when Brooksy came on. It's already almost been a year, Brooksy. But yeah, I know. Well. Nonetheless, Drew, thank you again very much, and thank you all of us to our to all the listeners and viewers, sponsors, everything who couldn't be here without you. And obviously, the growth of the show has been tremendous. I know Drew will attest to that. Back three years ago, when I first had him on, when I was recording out of a cell phone, <laughs> things have definitely changed, yeah, and they're growing. And you know, just keep doing what you're doing. It's awesome stuff. Oh, it's so fun. I'm glad to be able to promote local talent, especially in all the talent worldwide. And again, this has been the Game Sports Show, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of our platforms. Okay, there's a bunch. I said all of them. I don't have to redo it. And I'm here to remind you, we'll have more special editions and more show uploads uh, for the Game Sports Show. So keep an eye and keep it locked on all of our platforms. And I said platforms about four times that sentence, so you better have locked <laughs> that in your mind. And I'm here to remind you, listeners and viewers, keep your stick on the ice, swing your bat, catch your touchdown, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah.